0: Welcome to episode number three of conversations in the Qur'an Here we look at Surah Baqarah, verse number 258 Allah tells us That do you not see That Allah mentions three conversations here Three conversations In fact, in the verse before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says They say that those people here Some people will be in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah mentions that they will be taken out from darkness and into light. Then Allah gives us the example of the Prophet Ibrahim Alayhi Salaam in the very next ayah to illustrate this to us. Ibrahim came about two thousand years before Isa, so this story is about three thousand years old. Alam tara ja Ibrahim. Imam Qurtabi said that this happens. This incident happened shortly after the incident of the idols, where Ibrahim Alayhi Salaam he was taken to their king, to Nimrod. And everybody when he was taken there was prostrating to him. But Ibrahim didn't prostrate. Ibrahim didn't prostrate. And at this time, remember, Ibrahim was very young. And Nimrod was not an ordinary king. He was a super king. Ibn Kathir says that there were only four kings that were ever given the same, or the kingdom of the East and the West. Two of them believers, two of them disbelievers. The believers were Dhul Qarnayn and Sulaiman. And amongst the disbelievers were Nimrod. This is the kingdom he had. Nimrod was a king for 400 years. 400 years. Ibn Ashur mentions that he was the first person to ever wear a crown on his head. The first person to build the city of Babylon. The first person ever to do this. The first king to do this. So Ibrahim a.s. was sent there. And Ibrahim, he was there with his wife and his nephew, Lot. Nobody else, Ibrahim a.s. could call for help, but despite this, Allah subhanahu wa taala, when he tells us in the Quran, he tells us this incident. He says and he describes to us, he calls Nimrud the one who argued with Ibrahim. He doesn't even mention his name, again a lesson for us here. That no matter what we have in terms of our money, in terms of our houses, in terms of our cars, this is not the thing that defines us. The Prophet one day in Sahih Bukhari, he was giving up money to the companions. Giving up money to the companions. There was one companion he didn't give money to. Sa'ad, he said that, Ya Rasulullah, why don't you give him money? I know him to be a good person. The Prophet Sallallahu kept quiet. He kept asking and asking until the Prophet Sallallahu said that, I do not give some people because I love him. And I fear that it may not be good for him. For some people, money will be beneficial for them in this life. And the Akhirah. For others, it may be a means of taking them away from this life and away from success in the next. So coming back to the story, Nimrod, he didn't believe in a God. Prophet uh, Ibrahim, he went to him and Allah describes the story, the conversation that happens here. Alam tara, Do you not see? Allah is again getting us to visualize. Listen and visualize as Allah tells us what is going to happen. Imam al says that this statement, it's... uh, it's like a statement of amazement here when Allah describes what happens here. That Ibrahim Alayhi Salaam, he chose something that only the true God could do, giving life to death, bringing back somebody who has passed away. And this is only something that a true God could do. Not something you can prepare for. So Ibrahim Alayhi salam, he says that Allah gives life and Allah gives death. What did Nimrod do? He brought two men who we are going to be executed. And he brought them before him and he said that if I command it, one of them will be killed. and If I command it, one of them will stay alive. So I am like the God that you describe. This is what Nimrud did. Now Ibrahim salam, this great prophet, what did he say to this? He looked at him and he said, okay, Allah is the one that brings the sun from the east and it sets in the west. That the king Nimrud was dumbfounded. The king had no response here. And at the end of the verse, Allah tells us that Allah doesn't guide those who are wrongdoers. Allah doesn't guide those who are wrongdoers. But here, there was only one person mentioned in the story, this king. So why did Allah say it in the plural, wrongdoers? Again, it's a lesson for us here that the sins that we commit, the mistakes that we make, they also have an effect on us as well. Another lesson that we learned, These stories of the prophets, they contain many lessons for us. And in this ayah, just in this one ayah, we learn that Ibrahim he doesn't talk about what is wrong with Nimrod, or how his thinking is incorrect, or how he's worshipping an idol. He starts directly talking about Allah. Allah is the one that gives life and death. Allah is the one that brings the sun up in one area and sets it in the next. And here again, this is a lesson for us when we are giving da'wah. That we shouldn't go into straight you know, refuting or trying to uh, put the other person on the back foot. We should talk about Allah, talk about Islam first. When Imrud claimed that he gives life, he claims that he gives death. The Prophet Ibrahim didn't argue. Instead, he moved on to the next statement. He said, okay, move the sun from one place to another. Again, another principle that we learn here in giving da'wah, that we shouldn't be amongst those that just argue for the sake of arguing. And Ibrahim alayhi salam here. In the next few verses, Allah mentions that He says, Rabbi arini kafadhhiya muta." Oh, Allah, show me how You give life to death. So Allah, Ibrahim alayhi salam then asks Allah subhanahu wa taala. And here Ibrahim starts and He says, "Rabb." Rabb means the one that guides, the one that nurtures, and it's the same root word for tarbiyah You know, we often hear this word used with children. tarbiyah meaning that you want to nurture them, you want to guide them. Similarly when Musa السلام, said, Rabbi arini أَنظُرُ إِلَيْكَ in Surah al araf He said, Oh Allah, you are a rabbi. You are the one that gives us tarbiyah. You are the one that guides us. Ibrahim السلام, said, Rabbi arini كَيْفَ تُحِيَ الْمُوتَ Oh Allah, show me how you give life to death. So Allah commanded him to take four birds. To go and slaughter these four birds. And then to mix up the parts of the birds. And then to place them on four different mountains and then call these birds. Allah commanded Ibrahim to call the birds. And as Ibrahim called those birds, he witnessed the feathers, the blood, the flesh of these birds come together. And each one of these four birds, they then flew and until each one came to Ibrahim This was the example that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave here. The lesson that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to Ibrahim salam, that he would be able to witness this. And with this, his iman then went up. For us, again, it's another lesson. What is the lesson here that we learn? The lesson here is that as Ibn Abbas mentions that this amazing scene is the ayah, is the one ayah, he says in fact, that gives me the most hope in the Quran. He said there is no other verse in the Quran that gives me more hope than this. Why? He said, because this is the verse that shows that there is no doubt that we will be resurrected after we have died. That we will be resurrected after we have died. So no matter what you have done, in terms of no matter what is done to you, no matter how much difficulty you've gone through, never despair. Because if you don't get mercy in this life, then you will definitely get mercy and justice in the next. So we should never despair about any difficulty that we go through. Another lesson here we learn is Ibrahim says, inna to increase the iman in my heart. And numerous verses in the Quran they state, uh, you know, Allah mentions about our ears, our eyes, and our hearts. Here, in fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions you know, in particular, the heart, but there's a relationship between the three. In fact, the Prophet used to make dua for his heart. Oh Allah, you are the turner of hearts. Make my heart firm upon your deen. When was the last time we made dua for our hearts? This is a dua that we all need to learn that we make dua for our hearts, just like the Prophet, who had the purest of hearts, yet he still made dua for his heart. And then when we carry on and we look a little bit further into this conversation, we see that. Well, we see the importance that um, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala placed and the detail that he describes where he says that the, the, the birds, they were placed in far away mountains. And then Allah mentions Thumma. And then after a little while, it's, it's as if it was happening in slow motion that these birds, they came together. And then he talks about Ibrahim a.s. And he gives us the example of Ibrahim Alayhi Salaam. And the word in Arabic here used for the birds is sa'yan it means to walk just as like you walk between or to walk quickly just as you walk between safa and marwa there's a place uh, or, or the green lights if you know it nowadays maybe in, in, in mecca that you walk a bit quicker Sa'i, this is called Sa'i, سعي or Sa'ian. so allah describes the way the birds they came walking to ibrahim a.m. in this detail this conversation is preserved for us and here uh, we learn when we look at another verse in the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that we are able to, or he gives us the example that he's going to put us together resurrect us just as our fingertips are here, or to the extent of degree of our own fingertips. It was said that there was once a prophet called Ozer, And when Ozer passed by um, an empty town, that is, its walls were to the ground, it's, you know there was, it was complete rubble, if you like. He saw this, and he saw this great civilization, these great people that used to live in this town, but it was all, uh, crushed now he said how will Allah give this life after his all you know his death essentially now what happened here? Allah gives us the example in the Quran again that although it didn't seem plausible Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what did he do? He caused this person to die for 100 years and Then he brought him back to life was He was then asked how long did you sleep for? He said, perhaps I remained, you know, I was away for, or asleep for a day, maybe two days. The scholars, they say that since the man died in the early part of the day, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala, he was when he resurrected him, he resurrected him or he brought him back in, in the later part of the day. So when the man saw that the sun was still there, he thought that, you know, it's only been a day since I've been away, or maybe part of a day. What was then told to him? He was then told, no. It's been over one hundred years. Allah told him, informed him that he has been sleeping for one hundred years. Look at your food. <inaudible> look at your food. Look at your drink. There's no change. Look at your donkey. No change. Ibn Kathir, in fact, writes that Ozer, uh, he had grapes, he had figs, he had juice, uh, and, and he had left them. And the juice didn't spoil, nor did the figs, nor did it become bitter, nor did the grapes even rot. But the donkey itself had decayed. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to him, and he gives us this example in the Quran, that this is a sign for the people who want to ponder. This is a confirmation that resurrection occurs. He commanded Uzad, his prophet, to look at the bones of the donkey and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Will then bring about the dead bones together and bring them together and clothe them with flesh and bring it back to life As Suddi mentions that Uzair Alayhi salam, when he observed the bones of the donkey that are all scattered around him Some to the right, some to the left, some in front of him that Allah sent a wind that collected the bones And he collected these bones from all different areas That Allah brought every bone to its place until they filled or they formed a donkey then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covered the bones with flesh with nerves with veins with skin and he sent an angel there which blew life into this donkey and then the donkey started to bray by the permission of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now all of this occurred when uzair alayhi salam, or whilst he was watching this and then he, he you know he said that Allah, Allah is able to do everything. Now here's an interesting way in which Allah describes this story here of Uzair. That he says that, or he used the word Ba'atha, not Ahya, but Ba'atha, to describe being brought back to life. We remember that Uzair was asleep for 100 years. Again, when it comes to us, when we will be resurrected. That the words that are often used here is the word for Ba'ath. That we'll be resurrected after we have been alive. So again we come back to taking a lesson from these stories and the lesson that we've learned here that appears in all of these stories is that there's a theme here and a theme in this page in the Qur'an about resurrection. Three stories they all have resurrection in them. Now sometimes people ask the question I cannot stop singing, um, you know, I'm finding it difficult what should I do? One of the most important things is to remind ourselves that we will all die, that we will all be in graves under the ground. We will all be surrounded by earth, and we will all be resurrected in the state that we died in as well. Abu anhu even narrated, the Prophet said, that what is between the two trumpet blasts will be 40. Somebody asked 40 days, but the Prophet didn't answer. Somebody said 40 months. But the Prophet didn't answer. Some said 40 years. Again, the Prophet didn't answer. And then we know from the hadith of the Prophet that he mentions how close this day of resurrection is. And how close it is. And when we come back to the story here, that the theme that we learn from today's story is the example of. Resurrection, the example of how we all have to account for everything that we have done. And here, not only that, but what will happen afterwards? The Prophet, wasalam, as a by Imam Bukhari, Imam Muslim, he mentioned that, as uh, Abdullah ibn Umar anhum, he narrates, that I heard the Prophet Muhammad wasalam, saying that there are two blessings. He said there are two blessings. And in fact, in another hadith, uh, before we come to that, the Prophet wasalam, said that. A man will be brought forth and it will be said to him, did you do so and such sin? Did you commit this mistake? He will say, yes. He will will have nothing to to reply with. And he will think that he is doomed. Then Allah will say that I concealed your sins for you in this world when you were alive and I forgive them for you on this day. And then he will be given his book of deeds in his right hand. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us amongst those who Allah forgives, amongst those who Allah gives our books in our right hands. And when we look at the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. Ni'matan in that hadith I was going to mention before. The Prophet said that there are two blessings, you know, if you have them, that we really, we don't know, the, the, or we don't value the importance of them until they are gone. Number one is the blessing of health. That we don't often appreciate how much a health, healthy body is. Sometimes if you go to a hospital or you see somebody is sick, you see people lying there on the hospital beds, or maybe you go to the GP surgery and you see people that are sick. You know, in, in, somebody in a hospital bed, how are they going to be able to, to fast? How are they going to be able to pray? You know, how difficult it must be for them? And how easy is it when you do have a healthy body? And the second thing the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is having free time. Using the time that you have. This is something Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la has given to us. And as I always mention that, if we think about it as um, the bottom line or however you want to phrase it, this life here is all about achieving as many good deeds as we can so that we can be successful in the next. And so here we come to the end of this episode and we're just going to summarize a couple of points that we've mentioned. We described a few stories mentioned in over two pages in the Qur'an. The theme for these stories that was always mentioned is the theme of resurrection. And as Abdullah ibn Abbas mentioned that this verse in the Quran is the one that gives us the most hope. Why? Because it proves to us this aspect of resurrection. It proves to us no matter what difficulty you're going through in this life, no matter what hardship you endured in this life, that if you don't have justice in this life, then inshallah you will see it in the next. And so we finish that. الله خيرا عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته.